thank you for downloading this podcast from Gaimere Baptist Church. You can find out more about our church at our website, gaimerebaptist.org.au. May God speak to you as you listen. The Bible reading today comes from Matthew chapter 5. So Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Hello. Hello. Uh, If we haven't met before, my name is Mark Rader. I am, I am not Mark Rader. <laughs> uh, my name is Nicolee. Um, I'm not on staff here, so if I say something that Mark doesn't like... <laughs> too late. <laughs> um, but I don't plan to. <laughs> Let me pray for us before we begin. Father God, I just thank you that you are here. And... Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are not bound by words that I choose. And so I pray that as I speak, that you would be at work to say to your people what you know they need to hear tonight. Thank you that you are with us. We welcome you here. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the moment I wake up, before I put on my makeup, (laughs) my commute to work, listening to the radio in the car, listening to the radio on the bus, or when I wait on the platform for the train, there's a nice big television screen opposite me, showing me all the news clips then I get to work, and I log on to my computer, and there's the Sydney Morning Herald waiting for me. At 10.30, not a minute before, I'm allowed to go and get a coffee. And as I go and wait for my coffee, I read the daily news headlines on the paper. And then, of course, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, insert your social media of choice here. Because I'm last in this series, and because I have the luxury of being able to choose what it is that we will be talking about tonight, I have decided that we are not going to just look at one particular article that we've been reading about in our beloved Sydney Morning Herald this past week. Instead, I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a little bit of a step back. And instead of thinking about what we've been reading, we're going to think about how we've been reading and how the media 
is shaping us. I saw this tweet last week. Oh, okay, you can't really see it, so I'll read it to you. The in case you missed it section is an insult to a user of my caliber. I am online at all times of the day. I have transcended even needing a device to be online. It is just my natural state of being. I have missed no posts. <laughs> I loved this tweet, not just because I thought it was funny, but because I think it acknowledges something that is at the heart of each of us. We are online at all times because we need to know. We need to know. That is something that is at the heart of being human. It's just how we are made. And so it's important to pay attention to what the news is telling us. What is it that we now know? Well, the news tells us that we are smart because we knew that Sophie and Stu were never going to make it. <laughs> and it tells us that we are modern because the female prime minister of New Zealand is going to have a baby and keep her job. Amazing. But unfortunately, and I think we all know, the news tells us other things too. It tells us that we are oppressed by those who are different to us. It tells us that the future is something to be feared. It tells us that we don't look right. And it tells us that we have every reason to be worried. And on our phones, and on our computers, and on our commutes, we pay attention. Now, if I were to use a church word for paying attention, I would probably choose the word discipleship, because that is what discipleship is. Discipleship is the recognition that we as humans don't know it all. We don't know it all. And so in order to survive in this world, we need to choose someone to listen to, someone to follow, who knows better than we do what's going on, so that when nothing makes sense to us, we can look at them and they can tell us what's happening. <coughs> And so, we make a choice. We make a choice of who to follow and who to listen to. But the thing that you need to know about choosing to follow someone is that you will end up somewhere. So, in 2008, one of my sisters and I were travelling together through Europe. And on one Sunday morning in April, we landed in Vienna, at 8 a.m. We got off the train, and we thought to ourselves, we know where Airbnb is, so we just set off, only to realise a few minutes later that we had no idea where we were. And so as we kind of deliberated about what we were going to do, this guy stopped, and he said to us, in perfect English, do you need directions? And so I showed him, like, on my completely useless phone, where we were meant to be going. And he looked at it, and he was like, oh, picked up my suitcase and was like, follow me. And off he went. And my sister, who trusts everyone, just followed after him. And I was like, oh my god. So I was like, okay, I'm the big sister, so I followed after them. 
And three panic-filled minutes later, to his credit, this Viennese guy set down my suitcase on the doorstep of our Airbnb and was like, OK, here you go, have a nice day, and walked back in the direction we'd just come from. <laughs> when we choose to follow someone, we are trusting that they know where we want to go. But even more than that, when we choose to be discipled, we are choosing their final destination as ours. So where is it that the media wants to take us? Well, as someone whose first degree was actually in media studies, it falls to me to tell you that the goal of the media is to lead you into self-rejection. And do you know why? Because people who have rejected their self, themselves are far more easy to manipulate. You will go wherever the voices tell you to go. Our Bible reading today was one of the most famous passages in the whole of the New Testament. And I personally think it's become something of a bit of a joke in our society. And it's pretty easy to see why. <coughs> Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the pure. Blessed are the persecuted. The world laughs at this. As well they should, because we see very little evidence of this truth around us. As the Sydney Morning Herald assures us daily, blessed are the rich, blessed are the powerful, blessed are those whose houses are featured in domain and whose bodies are featured in a lifestyle pullout. Blessed are those who never hunger or thirst. And blessed are those who are so beautiful that they can tag their every selfie with, I woke up like this. <laughs> we see all of this around us every day. And then we read this passage and we feel bewildered by such a statement of Jesus. And we feel like we are part of a joke. And we feel confused. And I think sometimes we even feel a bit angry. And reading this passage, many Christians before us have felt the same. And I think that many people before us have read this passage as Jesus telling them how they should act. So mourn and be merciful, and be poor in spirit. Catchy stuff? Is this how God expects us to act? Well, I want you to look with me at verse 1 if you have a Bible with you. But if you don't, that's fine. I'm about to tell you what's in there. It talks about the fact that Jesus went to a mountainside, and that was where the crowd followed him to. And when they were on this mountainside, this hillside was covered in people who have come to hear this preacher, this revolutionary. They live under Rome's rule, which is really not very different from ours. Blessed are the powerful, blessed are the rich. But to a hillside of misfits and outcasts and losers, Jesus looks around 
and says, you have heard it said, blessed are they. But I say, I have come to start a whole new thing. The old rules of who's in and who's out, they're out. And I say, blessed are you. Jesus is not telling us here that we should be good Christians when we act mournfully, so find something to be sad about. Or that we should be poor in spirit because actually no one really knows what that means anyway. Forget about the shoulds when you read this passage. And instead, just imagine Jesus pointing out certain people in the crowd as he speaks as he sees their situations. Blessed are, the mourn, mourn, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Jesus is saying, if you are these things, then I am with you. And in fact, the whole of heaven is for you. Blessed are you. This is good news. Why? Because I hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because I mourn. Because I am a misfit and I am a loser. If you are any of these things, Jesus is saying to you, relax. Stop trying to be in. Stop trying to have control. Everything has been turned upside down. It is no longer the Sydney Morning Herald who gets to call out who's in and who's out, who's blessed and who's not. Listen to what this voice is telling you. This voice is saying, you are my beloved. On you, my favour rests. Or to put it differently, you are blessed. Pay attention. Now, I've said that a few times already, but have you ever noticed that we don't give our attention? We pay it. It is costly and it is valuable. This is actually how God focuses on you. He pays attention to you. The Bible says that he pays such attention to his beloved ones that his face shines. We are actively noticed by God. And when we listen to the voice that calls us beloved, we are the ones who are blessed. But... If we honestly take stock of our lives and see things such as envy or fear or anger propelling us, I would suggest we are already being discipled. And if we've been coming to church but not really feeling that thing, it could be because of all the attention we pay 
throughout the week. This place only gets one hour of it. And we've already been discipled. And if we come expecting the people on this platform to do our discipleship for us, we've lost before we've even begun. Do you charge your phone only on Sundays? Do you often have a glass of water and think, cool, tick, done for the week? If we've been feeling like we don't get everything we need spiritually from this hour of our week, we are absolutely right. And nor should we. And maybe that feeling of not getting enough from church, and trust me, I know that feeling, is actually Jesus <coughs> highlighting our dissatisfaction. Because if we spend all our week paying attention everywhere else, by the time we come here, we have already been discipled. And Jesus doesn't want part of us. He wants us all. He deserves us all. And if he's going to do the amazing things that he wants to do with us, he needs us all. When I was 24, so, what, days before this sermon? <laughs> I, um, I was living a life where I was listening I was listening to God, but I was also listening to pretty much every other voice that was out there. And I was listening very carefully to certain people who were telling me exactly who I was. And I was not paying much attention to the voice calling me the beloved. Until one day, when I was paying him some attention in prayer, and God gave me a picture. And I could see it in my mind's eye. The picture was of me. And it was me, and I had learned to live at the bottom of the ocean. I could see that I had developed gills on my neck. I could see that I could swim good as any fish. And I could also see that it had been a long time since I had seen the sun. And God said to me, you have learned to live at the bottom of the ocean. You have developed gills and you have learned to swim. But I did not make you to live at the bottom of the ocean. And so I'm going to bring you up and I'm going to teach you how to live on solid ground. I'm going to teach you how to walk and I'm going to teach you what you are worth to me. And he did. He did all that he had promised. And everything changed. I learned to love him and I learned to know him in a way that I actually genuinely never knew was possible before that. And I learned and I keep learning that I am the beloved. If you want to know the truth about who you are, this is it. You are one in whom Christ dwells 
and delight. Pay attention to that. So, how do you pay attention to that? When we walk out of this building, we're going to be hit by all those voices. Two really practical answers. One, we pay attention to what God says about us. And we do that as often as we hear any other voice. We do it every day. And how is it that we know what God says about us? Right here. Now, the world will tell you that you can do without this. And in fact, many Christians will tell you that you can do without this. Maybe not in their words, but maybe with their lives. I don't know how many of you have seen the most recent Star Wars movie. There's going to be a small spoiler alert if you haven't. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it by now, come on. Um, there's a watershed moment in it where the Jedi Master, Yoda, sets a light to the ancient Jedi texts. And as they burn, and as Luke stands in shock, Yoda says to him, Page turners, they were not. Do not listen to the Yodas of your world. <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. This word is living and active. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. This is the sword of the Spirit that God will use to cut off every lie that the enemy has put on you. This is a hammer that will shatter all the lies that may cause to be in the foundation of yourself. This is the fire that will swallow you whole. If the media are trying to change you from the, inside, from the outside in, this is the book that Jesus will use to change you from the inside out. If you own a Bible and you never read it, because you don't understand it. Get a Bible you understand. There are heaps of them out there. There are ones that are in cartoon form. There are ones that are in really simple and easy to understand language. There are ones like the message and the passion, passion translation, which are written in such a way that you can't actually believe it's the same Bible that you read when you were a kid. <laughs> it's amazing. If you don't have a Bible and you need one, there is a whole pile of free ones outside. Underneath a sign saying free Bibles, that is not a trick. Take one and read it. But when you read it, figure out what is in it that you love to read. There is no rule that says you have to start at the beginning or you have to start with the Gospels. Find what you want to read. Find a voice in here that sounds like yours. There are hundreds of them in here. One of them will be saying something that you think, heck yeah, I am here for that. And then as you read, and this is very important, ask God to be there with you. Ask God to show you what he is doing. We need to stop coming to our Bibles like we are the only ones showing up. Step two, pray. Pray anywhere you like, pray anywhere you like, but pray. And pray every day. 
If you read something in your Bible that you like, use it as your prayer, just as M did earlier for us. You can write it out as a reminder on your phone to come up every day. You can write your prayer on your fridge. You can write it on your mirror. You can write it on your car dashboard, as long as it's your car dashboard. <laughs> Set yourself a challenge that for one week, just one week, every time you go to pick up your phone, not because it rang, but just because you wanted to pick it up and have a look, before you look at it, pray the prayer that you've decided to pray. And after a week, you may remember. But if you don't, try it for another week. If we are going to be discipled and discipled by Jesus in a world of media saturation, we have to fight fire with fire. There is no pass passive path that will lead us to his presence. We have to actively choose to pay our attention and then give him room to show himself faithful. I'm going to invite the band to come up, and we're going to close our time here with a couple of songs. <laughs>